What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. The Welcome to the Show podcast is also independently produced by me and CT. You can help people find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star review and a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, CT, what's good? What's going on, Manny? Life's good, man. Things are good. I must kinda say they're kind of hot they're, outside. They're pretty good until you log on to your fantasy account and see Herman Marquez give you negative 27 points in the second inning. Word. I mean... Gonna be- going to be a hard hole to dig out of that's what you get for drafting a starting pitcher in colorado i mean what could i say man i i i aim for the stars in hopes that i will land somewhere in between Mm. you got balls i'll tell you that much i'm kind of kicking i'm kicking myself in the ass because i drafted sunny gray and he was one of those pitchers that was he wasn't doing bad for me, but he wasn't really doing much either. Like I was getting maybe ten points to start, maybe maybe less. And right before the All Star break, he had like two really good starts. The one right before the All Star game, I think, was a complete game shutout. And he's looking pretty good in Cincinnati. And I kind of wish I was a good. He was still on the waiver wire. I was going to pick him up, and all of a sudden, one of the one of my opponents picked him up before me. So I'm kicking myself in the ass for that. You know what I feel like everyone in the league, and I'm 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 exaggerating because I'm you know I'm feeling bad for myself now, but a lot of people seem to drop have seemed to like give up on a on a player too mm-hmm. early. Yep, and found success somewhere else. Like you dropped Sonny Gray, but you picked up Eduardo Escobar, which I dropped, right. and he's right. been a monster. Uh, certain somebody traded Charlie Blackman for. Uh, oh my god! I don't even know the scrub's name that he oh traded. Wolfires. <laughs> Yeah, Will and Myers traded Charlie Blackman. He's been one. Of, he's probably been like the best hitter in baseball since he traded him away and yep. ended up picking Josh Bell, who was on the waiver wire. So I don't know. I feel like I haven't found that pickup. I thought Jake Arrieta could be that, but he's dealing with a, bro- a bone spur. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the hell he yesterday, but he got through five innings, mm-hmm. and uh, he might have taken steroids back way back when in the Cubs. <laughs> what i'm thinking <laughs> i mean he sucked for he sucked with the orioles he became an ace with the cubs and he's, he's been old. okay with the phillies but he's not that good he's not he not he's not who he was with the cubs he's old to be honest like yeah. he's but then again verland is old and sure you know so in the past the trades that i've made have come back to bite me in the ass and this year some of the trades that i've made have helped. So I got Josh Donaldson and Marcus Stroman for Jose Ramirez. Josh Donaldson has averaged like five points a game over the last month. Um, I picked up Escobar, like you said, from the waiver wire. Somebody dropped Dansby Swanson. I picked him up. He's been a beast for me over the last month. Um, I, got DJ, I got DJ LeMayhew for, you ready for it? John Gant. I wasn't even, I didn't even offer that. It was offered to me. He's been a monster. Um, and in my pitching side, I haven't had, except for Fultonavich, my pitchers haven't really hurt me. They, they've been pretty good. Even Noah Syndergaard and his bad starts, they're not, and I don't typically get negative points from him. I don't think I've ever gotten negative points. And I have relief pitchers that, you know, my strategy this year was if I'm going to carry a relief pitcher, he has to be a closer. Because even if he sucks, if he gets that save, that's five points that I'm going to get. So it's hard for a, for a closer to get negative points. 
Um, yeah. And my closes have been good. Um, I have Hansel, 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 Robles. Oh. I, yep. I have Taylor Rogers. Hansel's been really good for me, and I have Aroldis Chapman, and they've been they've been decent. And by the way, one pickup who, if, if any fantasy uh, leagues out there, if this player happens to be on the waiver wires, he shouldn't be. But if if you have uh, if you see Julio uh, Urias available, pick him up because this guy is a fucking monster and he gives me a solid ten plus points in relief every time he goes out there. Um, so that was yeah, a good well, pickup too. I I think we spoke about him before. Why why is it that guys are giving up so easily in the majors? You know, it's see, almost like they they they're okay with just like. Getting rid of them in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are giving up on him. I think he came up as a stud starter. Didn't he hurt his elbow or something? He got he. I know he was out for a while. He was out for like a year and a half. Yeah, but yeah. The but the but the scouting report on him before he came up was more like he was like pitching in the Mexican league when he was sixteen. No, you never see a phenom like this. He was supposed to be the next phenom, and I think next year I bet he becomes a starter again because he is he's still really good and he's still really young too. And you, you got to give it up to like I don't I don't think I don't know man I, we don't we're not from L A we're from this side of the of the country so maybe we don't hear it but I feel like L A doesn't get enough credit for their talent I don't know oh how they got God. these I don't know how they got these players but Cody Bellinger uh, Walker Bueller yep. Urias if he panned out to be what he was gonna be um, Corey Seager yep. you know I don't know man maybe maybe the Dodgers are just unlucky when it comes to the the World Series but on every other aspect of the game they're one of the best franchises i think i've ever seen in my lifetime you know and we talk about the yankee depth i think the dodgers have good depth too like that like like you said urias is a is a reliever he shouldn't be a reliever and and any other team he's a starting pitcher um yeah so the red sox word yes uh update on the red sox real quick playing toronto today benintendi comes through with the bases loaded with a single one run scores chavis is up with the bases loaded Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the Red Sox, how do you feel about that trade, the Andrew Kashner trade? Uh, I thought it was kind of random, but, um, you know, I haven't really looked into it. I was kind of pissed off that they lost that game yesterday, and I didn't really bother, like, looking into what Kashner has done this season. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine that's been anything spectacular, you know. He's we wouldn't decent. have been able to. He's been decent, but I can't imagine that. And the fact that, he, you know, it was on the Orioles, right? Yeah. I mean, if you pitch for the Orioles and do decent, you got to think that you're better than what your numbers say because Camden Yards, I think, leads the league in, in home runs given up. Oh, my up. God. Yeah. So, <laughs> Definitely. and that's with, that's with like a, 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 you know, the Coors Field in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Even though Coors Field, man, I, I, it's more than just home runs. Like, every time I see one of their games, it's doubles, triples. Like, it's, it's more than just home runs. Yeah. Maybe it's just so, a field altogether. But I haven't really looked at Cashner's numbers to know what's th- what that's going to do for us. But, I mean... I think this is all to put Ivaldi in the bullpen. I think that's what this move is all about. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm good with that, to be honest, man. Yeah. Even though yeah. we're paying him a lot more than what you would like to pay a relief pitcher... But we need it, man. We anything we can anything any way that we can get wins right now is I'm I'm good with it. Fuck it. We're already we're already paying these guys a lot, you know? Yep. Truth. I mean this I think this this demonstrates that Dave Dombrowski fucked up in the offseason because you know, how do you not try to fix your bullpen? It was an issue last year. Why you know, why not try to fix it? I don't know. Uh, I just want to give you a quick update. Michael Shavis with a grand slam, man, and the Red Sox oh, are back, baby. 
We're back. Okay. Uh, Watch out right. for the Red Sox. All I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> well, no, st- I mean, what 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 could Dombrowski really have done in the offseason, though? There's so many. Re- there were so many relief pitchers he could have signed. Yeah, but I mean, I think Evaldi earned his. Okay. You know, St- I, how about Steve Pierce? Why did Why does Steve Pierce get an extension? I mean, he he was the World Series MVP. I don't. I don't know. So what, like, man? So what? I mean, you're right. You're right, but. The same, the same question we're asking: Why Steve Pierce got got the extension or or got the paycheck, whatever? You know, I, I'm pretty sure there were people asking that same question when we acquired him last year and we had him on the team and he was, you know, platooning with with whoever Mitch Moreland or whatever it was. And look what it ended up being: We ended up winning World Series because of a guy like Steve Pierce. So six I can't point, question six point two million dollars. I could have gotten you somebody, maybe. We'll get to that later. Guys that we could have gotten and not could have gotten. There's a lot of guys that we could have gotten that ended up being, you know, nothing. Truth. Dave Robertson. David Robertson still what? injured. Yeah, that's you true. Know? That's true. That's just okay. one example off okay. the top of my head. Putting me on the spot. Joe Kelly. Uh, what has he done? <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been that great. But I mean, last year, even though he was erratic at times, he he was your guy. He was your guy. To, he was your guy to seal in the, the deal. Post-se- yeah, in the postseason, he stepped it up. I'm not gonna lie, but I've never thought that. I've I said it even last year. I'm like, you know, I've never. I was never sold on Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. He was your innings. He ate. He ate a lot of innings. A lot of strikeouts. Did. I know. Let man. me see. I have hope. We're going to the playoffs, man. That's it. I'm in okay. the conversation on that. All right. All right. Okay. We're going to the playoffs. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> CT. So I, I discovered something this past weekend. I discovered that the team, my local team, the Lancaster Barnstormers, are actually an independent league team that belongs to the Atlantic League. And you know what the Atlantic League is known for this year, right, CT? Yeah, they're like the uh, the the, uh, the lab rats. When it comes Pretty, to Major yeah. League Baseball, that's absolutely right. Anything that baseball wants to try out, they're they're running it by the Atlantic the Atlantic League first, and in the second half of the season, they decided they decided to start uh, experimenting with the robo umps, and they've decided to start experimenting with stealing first base and some other stuff. So I wanted to touch on those two top things because one, somebody stole first base for the first time in history this past weekend. Um, his name is Tony Thomas. He plays for the Southern Maryland Blue Blue Crabs. They were facing off against the Lancaster Barnstormers, and apparently the the, the way the rule works is that if a ball gets past the catcher, the hit the batter can run can take first base, can try to steal it, but he can be thrown out as well. It's, you know, he can steal first. So basically, that's what happened. He the ball got past. Um, the catcher for the Lancaster Barnstormers and Tony Thomas took off and made it to first base safely, sealing the first base in baseball history. How, what do you think about that rule, CT? I have, a, when I first heard it, I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. And my first reaction was like this, because first of all, did this rule, was this something that was spoken about in the offseason? Like, I remember hearing about moving the mound two feet back mm-hmm. or home plate two feet back or something. And we heard about putting a guy on second. This stealing first base, was this something that just came out of the blue? Or was it something that was included in that document in the beginning of the year? Do you remember? 
It's the first time I ever heard of it when it happened this week. So my initial, so my conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, reaction automatically was like everybody was coming down pretty hard on these juice baseballs, and out of nowhere we have this new rule that they're trying to, <laughs> you know, try out in in the Atlantic League. And not only is it a new rule, it's one of the most ridiculous rules I've ever heard ever. Like, we're talking about <laughs> hmm. we're moving. You want to talk about moving the mound two feet back? That's those, those are things that have been done before. You know, right. lowering whatever. And I just thought it was such a ridiculous rule change that I'm like, this has to be a cover up. This has to be a thing where they're just like, let's get people pissed off. Let's get people to stop talking about the juice baseball, so on and so on. But then I started thinking, like, I remember we interviewed that guy last year on how ground roll doubles used to be considered home runs. You right. Know? Yeah. And there was a bunch of other crazy rules. You know, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but at some point, baseball became what it is with these rule changes. Could we ever get on board with this? My first answer is no, never. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't see. I just I'm 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 getting annoyed with all these changes that are benefiting offense. Like it just makes me think that we're just trying to lower the value of starting pitching more and more with all these rule yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. Where not only are we going to see less starting pitching, or not just less starting pitching, but the quality of starting pitching is already at an all time low from mm-hmm. what I've seen. It could be because of the juice baseballs, whatever. But I just think it's all a bunch of hurlers. No real pitching is going on. I feel like this is just going to compile. We're going to see less quality starting pitching. Less people are going to want to pitch. You know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't like it. I feel like I feel like starting pitching is already on the decline. Like like the Oakland A's just acquired Homer Bailey, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, really, Homer Bailey. But I bet you that that's that. I bet you that that has bullpen written all over it too. I bet that he's gonna be like the the guy that comes out after the opener or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean um, they lost that guy. They lost uh, what's his name to the you know yeah. to do the uh, the PDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I'm on board with anything that makes the game more exciting and draws more attention to the game. I think that this rule is gonna piss off purists like me and you. We love the game the way it is. We feel like there's nothing wrong with it. But if it brings more people on board, then fuck it. So be it. Like, like if this adds a level of excitement to the game, although like it's it's not going to happen that much because a lot of times the ball gets past the catcher, bounces off the backstop, or it's right next to him or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't. But- I, what what I what it does bother what does bother me about it is how are you going to readjust the stats now? Because on base percentage is going to have to be uh, measured a different way. You know what I mean? You're going to have to add that well, to it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I I, didn't even look into this rule because I hate it, right? Yeah. And then I started thinking, like, yeah, but then it's like I said, I started thinking about those rules, like ground roll doubles used to be considered home runs and all this, whatever. Um, But how can this be considered a stolen base mm-hmm. if if this were to happen with a guy on first? It's not a stolen base. It's a pass ball. It's a wild pitch, whatever. I personally think if they're gonna go along with this rule, it should it should be like an error was made. It shouldn't be that the guy got on base and his on base percentage goes up. It yeah, should be yeah. an error. Yeah, you know? that's true. But I I really don't understand. I I really don't see the bigger picture on how this makes the game more exciting. If anything, it makes the game like doesn't more offense when in the long run isn't all this offense going to equal to longer games? That's true. Yep. You know, and how how does this really make the game more exciting? Like, it doesn't excite me if a pitcher throws that one wild pitch in the at bat and the runner 
goes from O two to going on getting to first without yeah. doing anything. You know, right. I don't understand. Like that's it's, it just seems so stupid to me. But there used to be dumber rules in baseball than that. I don't know. Yeah, it just it it sounds to me like baseball is looking for they're like looking for more ways to change the game. They're trying to be more experimental. But I I don't think that this is ever gonna make it to the big leagues. I don't think they'll you know like. Like you said, it's like changing the game too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's a little bit. It's a little bit too much, man. I, yeah. I feel like I feel like this is like letting a wide receiver just choosing one wide receiver on your team to get like a two second head start. Right on the off before the ball is hiked, he just kind of gets like that one step forward or something. I don't know. Right, I agree. All right. And then the next thing was the robo ump. So today, uh, Scott Miller of Bleacher Report wrote a piece. And he got different player reactions about robo umps, how they feel about it, so for, so on and so forth. And there were some mixed feelings. Like CC Sabathia said, if the calls are right and players start, you know, players will eventually like it. But then Jay Happ said he wouldn't like it, that he, he doesn't like the idea of it, so on and so forth. And I, I learned, again, that my local team, the Lancaster Barnstormers, are experimenting with robo umps. That they're one of the teams that that Major League Baseball selected to try the robo ump thing. There's eight teams in the Atlantic League that are doing it, and so I did a little more reading on it. And the way it works is is the TrackMan system. Um, it's like it's highly calibrated lasers, and it reads the pitch as it crosses the plate, and it readjusts itself depending on the batter. So. Someone like Aaron Judge is going to have a bigger strike zone because the rule in the strike zone is, I think, it's chest to the bottom of your kneecap. Um, and the way it works is when it registers the pitch, the ump wears kind of like AirPods or something, like an earpiece. It'll say to him, strike, ball, or no track. If it's a strike, the, the umpire is going to call a strike. If it's a ball, the umpire is going to call a ball. If it's a no track, then it's up to the umpire to make their own call. Um Umpires also have to make the call on check swings. Um, so here's the thing. Last year, according to Major League Baseball and the Umpires Union, umps only missed 3% of calls. That's according to baseball and the Umpires Union. So you have to assume that those numbers are conservative. So Boston University did a study, and they found that, 34, that there were 34,294 incorrect ball and strike calls made. That comes out to about 14 incorrect calls per game. So I would how many how many pitches are thrown in a baseball game by by a team? Would you say like 100, 120, 150? Uh, how many pitches are thrown by a team in a baseball game? I'm going to go like 150. OK, so let's say 150. If there's 14 per game that are incorrect, we're talking close to 10 percent of calls are, are made incorrect in games, according to Boston University. According okay. to baseball and umpires, it's 3 percent. So now, okay, so now let's say that that track man can't register a call and the umpire calls a, bo- a ball or a strike or whatever, and we determine that it's incorrect. Like, how much of a difference is this robo-ump thing is what I'm trying to get at? How much of a difference is it really going to make? You know what I'm saying? I mean, let me just say that I don't, I'm not on board with the robo-umps. As much as I hate umpires, I'm not on board with it. How much of a difference? I don't think we're going to notice it that much mm-hmm. as a as a viewer i kind of don't like that they have robo umps and the and there's still a umpire there making the call yeah i feel like if we're gonna go robo umps make 
make something in the background light a light show it's green if it's a strike it's red if it's not you know vice versa whatever Mm -hmm. um other than that don't have an umpire there don't have like the delayed call of an umpire and i also think that well first of all let me get back to your question how much of a difference i don't think we're gonna notice it as a viewer so that's my answer yeah what do you think (laughs) i mean i think that according to Boston University, close to 10% of calls are made incorrect. That's a big amount. I think 14 per game is a lot that, you know, that's a lot of blown calls, I think for a game. Um, we're just talking, we're just talking about balls and strikes, though. balls and strikes. That's it. Nothing else. Because that, yeah. that's all the robo ump is going to be able to do call balls and strikes. Um, but, but at the same what? token, by the same token, how we were saying before, how a lot of the rules um, favor the favor offense. I think that this is going to favor pitching tremendously because part of the reason why these calls are blown is because every umpire has a different strike zone. Um, every player is a different size. Like I said before, Aaron Judge has a completely different strike strike zone than someone like Jose Altuve. Um, but that's part of the game that I that I enjoy. You know what I mean? Is that is that you get to you? It's like a chess match. Like you're watching the game. By the first or second inning, you start to learn what the umpire strike zone is. You, you know, you see players doing certain things. You're saying, you know, you're yelling at the TV. Oh, don't swing at that pitch. He's, you know, he misses every time in the strikes and so on and so forth. I think this is going to make the game very monotone, but I think it's going to favor pitchers because th- there's one strike zone. You know what I mean? There's there's no there's no variance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's variance well, com- to the, uh, depending on the player's size. But, you know, there's no that that part of the strategy is completely removed for the pitcher. Now they just have to execute. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that I think that's I think I would be more okay with uh, a robo ump if there was some variance, like some algorithm that made every one millionth call, like you know, it, or any close call can go both ways. I'd be I think I'd be okay with it, but I think that's just asking for too much. One thing I would be okay with, and before I say that, uh, you're right, guys like CC Sabathia, they work the corners. Pretty right. good. The, their arm angles, the way the ball comes in, that's their, you know, that's their uh, advantage for some hitters. And I kind of like it when it. Obviously, I would hate it if it's if it's against the Red Sox, but I like watching it. You know, some mm-hmm. some pitchers pitch a certain way, and the umpires see it one way. You know, not everything is the same in baseball. It's, it's something that I love about baseball. Every batter's up there with a different stance. Pitchers have different arm angles. Different pitches are coming in from all directions. I just think that MLB probably needs to invest more money in training these umpires. And I also don't think we should have 60-year-old umpires in the game yeah. anymore. Like, yep. we need to keep we need to keep whatever age your eyesight starts to decline, that should be the cutoff <laughs> date for umpires. Get a second job. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry yeah. that you wasted your life. You know? I agree. I agree. I think, I think that rules can be harsh toward players. Like, if you... If you, I don't know, PEDs, I, I get it. 80 games, that's that's fair or whatever. But a player gets punished if he does something wrong. An umpire, it seems like nothing happens. Like, they, they come on after games and they, they admit that they made a, the incorrect call. But that's it. It's swept under the rug and you move on to the next day. I think if you're an umpire and you made an egregiously wrong call or, you know, you have this trackman system. Use the trackman system, but don't not in-game to, to grade umpires. And if they get something like ten percent of calls wrong per game, then then you have to like suspend them or, or or maybe send them down to the minors, like you do with players and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, something like, like that seems better to me. Train the umpires, make them better at their jobs, but don't yeah. don't just completely remove them from the equation. 
MLB could definitely afford to reinvest some money in their umpires, get them younger, get mm-hmm. get more training, more experience. Don't ever let them sit out sit out more than a week without watching a game or umpiring a game. Is what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe track ev- track their success. If they ever dip below ninety five percent success, then get them out of there. You know, let exactly. them let them let them go back to the minors until they build up a hundred percent. I don't know some exactly. crazy shit. You know what I am okay. What I would be okay with though, to be honest with you. Because I've been seeing it get worse and worse every year. I'm okay with there being a robotic way of first of out um, first at first base, basically just first base. Actually, that bang bang play. I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah, bang bang plays. That should be somehow maybe some chip in their cleats, something in the base mm. lets them know if they're out or safe. They'll, they can figure it out. Billion dollar corporation, they can figure it out. Yep. Uh, I think we should get rid of reviewing. Uh, Plays that are uh, stolen base plays. I think we should get rid of reviewing that because I think it's kind of crazy how like all these years we played the game and guys would slide in safe, but the the little second that their arm comes off the base once they're past it, that oh, can yeah. be reviewed. I kind of don't like that, and I would be okay with there being a robotic way of of you know judging check swings. I don't yeah. think I don't think an umpire should be allowed to judge check swings unless they're always going to go for to the first base or third base third base umpire. I think a home plate umpire should be completely removed from calling check swings, and I'd be okay with that being like a you know computerized or, or, and, and or I, robo or whatever. I agree with you. The re- and the reason why the check swing bothers me is not even because they get it right or wrong. Is that everybody has a different interpretation of it, and if you really slow and it, like the the video down, like if you break it down per image. More more often than not, the the tip of the bat does cross that that uh that whatever that invisible wall that comes up from from home plate or whatever. Yeah. Um. But you're gonna you're gonna go one way or the other based on who your team is. I'm sure that there's some sort of technology where you can put like those laser systems or whatever, where it it that that wall is there for the laser or whatever, and if the ball crosses the plane of the 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 feet the whatever you know what I I can't even fucking describe. Don't drink a beer before recording. Um, <laughs> then it'll tell you for sure. But yeah, no, I I'm with you, and I think that there should be the bang bang play. I never even thought of that CT, but that's a good idea. Um, like if you incorporate a visual component for umpires, or maybe, um. Or maybe there's there's a sound in his ear or something that when that cleat touches home plate, like you said, a chip system or something, maybe it beeps and he can tell the difference between the beep and the the ball hitting the mitt, and it'll make make it easier for him to make the call. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Cause it's annoying when you see a bang bang. It's not even a bang bang. I saw three over the weekend where it wasn't bang bang. The umpire got it wrong and they had to review it. It was a waste of a review. Yeah. I almost feel like the only things that should be reviewed is, is like home plate plays, kind of, mm. you know, or maybe like was it a home run or not or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm good if they can review like a successful stolen base to see if the guy's finger came off at the last second or something. Right. You know, I don't know. Um, no, I think I think they should just bring back the neighborhood play. Back in the day, you didn't even have to touch the bag; you just had to field the ball properly, work, you know, do some footwork around the band, the bag, and they called it an out. Just bring that back and and use the excuse of, of player safety. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what's why funny? not? <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up. I this is the first time I'm actually, you know, that someone confirms that that was actually a rule at one point because when I was a freshman in high school, that must have been the last time that rule was in place because uh, 
our coach at my coach at the time when I was a freshman in high school. I already said that. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I hated that guy. That guy made me hate baseball. And I had some of the worst, not my freshman year, my sophomore year. And I had one of the worst like baseball seasons ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I just hated playing for that team. And he told me about that rule cause I was playing second. So I was turning a lot of double plays, whatever. And I remember years later, I tried to do that like in our, in our independent league and I didn't get the out. And I was like, wait, but I thought like, you know, this is a rule. I just got to be around the bag. And I never really understood the rule, but thanks. You know, yep. you learned. Neighbor- I learned. People, they, I mean, they, they, the neighborhood play was available in baseball and Major League Baseball before replays. It would happen all the time. You didn't have to. I mean, you have to technically, the rule is you have to touch the base and throw to first. But they would let it go. And it was kind of like one of those unspoken things. Nobody complained about it. It was it was okay. If you fielded the ball cleanly, <laughs> you did some footwork around the bag, and you threw it to first, they they counted it as a double play. Wait, um, wait. This is an unspoken rule. This was like, you know, I'm using pine tar in my hat, but. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, so this wasn't. So see, man, fuck that guy. My coach in soft, our high school coach, <laughs> sophomore year. I don't well, give a shit about unspoken rules. Like I know the unspoken rules. Don't give I, me unspoken rules. Like I, I, I'm not a fan of unspoken rules either. But I feel like rules like that, where where the idea is in my mind, what I'm thinking is that guys were like, I don't want to get fucking killed by this guy running into second base who's gonna try to break up the double play. So they allowed the 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 neighborhood play. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine with that. What the the kind of unwritten rules I don't like is I just fucking smacked a 500-foot bomb dead center out of the stadium, and I can't look at it. I can't admire it. Those kinds of rules I hate. Fucking Travis yeah. Darno, another home run. Are you fucking kidding me? Travis Darno, man. The uh, Wow, the name is escaping me right now, but he's... Uh, Jesus Christ. Man, who who is the... Daniel Murphy killing the Mets. Tra- Travis Darno killing the Yankees. Mother of God, man. Travis. Anyway. But yeah, man. Robo umps. Let calls and strikes be calls and strikes the way they are. Get umpires to be better. Train them better. Yeah. Let's figure out the check swing thing. And I'm. Um, let's start there. Check swing. Yeah. Let's let's fix the check swing. <laughs> I think I think that robo umps are coming to MLB. That that I can definitely see happening for sure. Oh God. Um, I don't think stealing first base. I think that's a that's a while away. But I think robo umps will definitely happen for sure. Do you want to talk about Dallas Keiko and Craig Kimbrell? Let's do it. What you gotta say, man. We'll spend we'll spend like we'll spend like a little 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 few minutes on the K brothers. Okay. Here's what I gotta say. They're not they're not they haven't had the impact on their teams, I think, that I mean Keiko's doing okay. I would say he's doing pretty good. Keiko's doing Kim- Keiko things. Yeah, Kimbrell's been alright, but I guess the money that they were asking for wasn't worth it. Wouldn't have been worth it, right? I don't know. I think it's the way I'm picturing this is they're still in April. Yeah, you're right. I get it. But I think we can agree that Keiko's not winning any Cy Youngs anytime soon, and Kimbrel no, isn't. No, but I, I think that I think that this is Keiko, a one three whip, seventeen Ks. 
you know, in 32 innings, he's not a he's not a strikeout pitcher. He's an inducing ground ball pitcher. He's a ground ball pitcher. Yeah. He, he's a contact pitcher. This is exactly what you would expect from Keiko through five. I, I I think a 309 ERA. I think that's decent. I think that's good enough. Keiko fits good on the Braves. Like he's he's a perfect type of pitcher for the Braves. You know yep. that that team's pretty deep. Maybe not in starting pitching, but overall that's a pretty good team. But the money that he was asking for is probably not worth what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But then again, starting pitching is so shit these days, you know? Yeah, man. So I guess yeah, my man. thing is that even though Kimbrell isn't lights out yet, you know, mm-hmm. I, I still think that these type of players should get the contract that their numbers or their their uh, resume deserves, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we take that out and the game just keeps getting younger these guys are always forever going to be paid less. Only the really good superstars, which I get it, makes sense. But then again, why would these guys bother playing baseball? Why not just go play basketball where a guy like Timothy Moskov gets $100 million for like five years? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Timothy Moskov. You right. want to know who the comparison, you want to know who the equivalent of Timothy Moskov is in Major League Baseball? I would say like maybe what? Uh, Billy Hamilton? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Christos Persingas gets a max contract. And he's not he's probably not gonna play this year. He doesn't even play. And who's the dude, the Dominican dude from Boston? He just signed with Philly. Al Horford. Al Horford. He just got a max deal, I, I believe. Ben Simmons. Did you see what Ben Simmons got? What did he get? I think he got a max contract. like it might be like 155 years or something, but yeah. the guy cannot shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah, can't do no, the most right. fundamental th- he can't do the most fundamental thing that the sport asks of you. And he's one of the highest paid players. You're right. I think you're absolutely you're absolutely right because th- you're right. This is another another reason for people not to choose baseball over over other sports. I think, and that's why I kind of like the NBA system where where you have max players, you have the the what's the what's the contract level right but right beneath that. Like there's levels to your contracts. You have well, to spend that money. You know what I'm yeah, saying? In, in baseball, I, you don't have to spend the money if you don't want to. No, nah, look at the Rays. Exactly. But like you could literally field a minor league team that 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 fits into this formula that you've con- concocted for the season and win, you know, a decent amount of games in baseball. That's what the A's have been for 20 years, 25 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's cool and everything because they're playing within the rules. It's not like they're. But, you know, but it hurts the sport. Like, I agree with you. It, I'm does. Cool with it, too, it hurts the sport. But it hurts the sport. It hurts the popularity of the sport. It hurts the. I don't know the level of of play that you're seeing. Like, like I I get I get I always say that strikeouts don't matter, but I understand why people get frustrated when they see people striking out because a strikeout is something anybody can do. I can strike out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could go up against a, a big league team and strike out. Like I want to see these guys do extraordinary things. And and the thing with baseball is that there's a hand, there's a few players, more than a handful of players, that do 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 extraordinary things. But then you have players who, you know, like Joey Gallo prior to this season, who was a home run or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to see. I want to. I also want to see some skills. Like I was thinking about this during the All Star break. I don't know if you see this on social media. Sometimes they put um, the Korean All Star break, the the skills competitions that they yeah, they like do. the bunting, like the bunting yeah, stuff. Yeah, do, I like it. They do a bunting one where they put a target on the ground and you have to bunt and try to hit the center or, or gain as many po- uh, points as you want. There's also one uh, where it's a hitting competition, not power hitting, but they have like targets on the field that are worth different points. 
and you have to smack the ball and try to hit each target to gain as many points as you want. Like that's you know, even though that's small ball or whatever, it's exciting too, and it's it's an important aspect of the game as well. I feel like the game is turning into the Yankees, which is you know this year not not so much. They're they're not just a home run hitting team, but the the Yankees of last year that it was home run or, or bust. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I would like to see Clayton Kershaw get up there and like pinpoint the baseball like yeah. a, a hundred yards away and be the only one that could hit a target. Or maybe don't have Trout participate in the home run derby, but let him take BP in front of a, a full stadium. Let him yep. smack some home runs around, you know, a little bit. I don't know, but yeah. Um, it's it's like it's like we were saying like why why is you know what's the what appeals the youth to try their all I mean you really have to love baseball to dedicate your life to try to make it to the major leagues man I'm not yeah. gonna lie I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's more exciting than playing a, a, a pickup game of basketball it's not easy getting 18 guys to just play a pickup game of baseball you know yeah yeah. Yeah. Basketball is really it's really a more appealing sport to the youth. It has everything. It has sneakers, hip hop, like it's it's just everything. the more appealing thing. And all and you I, need and I, all you need is a ball. That's it. Yeah. All you need is a ball. There's a million hoops from here till the next baseball field that's closest to me, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I do like that the NBA you do have to spend money, like they're forced to spend money. I like that, but I don't like that, you know, basically you're you're selected to these NBA all teams by the right. writers. And that's pretty much was like capping your your salary. Yeah, you know? that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that baseball should do. I think that they need to fix a couple of things. And we we've talked about this one before with minor league players. I don't think that they should be slaves to the system forever. Basically, I think it should be you're signed you're, you're signed to a team. You're drafted. You have three years to make it to the big league level. If you didn't make it to the big league level in those three years, then you're a free agent. Some other team can sign you or whatever um at at well, that point at that point you should be like automatically um or maybe five years i don't know what the, some yeah number no, of because, years yeah no you're you're right though like it's people forget it's it's whatever they do in the minors when they get to the majors then their service time starts like it's five right. six years that should start that five years should start when they get signed immediately yeah and it's just five years there's no you know, it's a long time. There's no 1.27 years certain of fuck that shit. Like, it's a year. That's it. And, you know, once you make it to the big league level, there should be a minimum salary, which there is. Once you hit free agency, maybe you do it three years after you make it to the big league level, level you can become an unrestricted Major League Baseball free agent or something. I don't know. Um, then you do levels of contracts, and teams have to spend a certain amount of dollars. There should be a salary floor in baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays, if they wanted to, well, let me not use the Tampa Bay Rays, the, the Marlins, who are clearly blowing everything up. If they wanted to, they could spend a million dollars on players and just say I'm going to field a team of 25 high school students, and that's perfectly yeah. legal in baseball. Yeah, that's, That shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Every team should be. Every team is worth a billion or more dollars in baseball. You have the money to spend. So yeah. there should be a, a minimum amount of dollars that you can spend. And I like, you know, the luxury tax seems to be making teams not want to cross it. So that seems to be working. But if you want to make it harder, then then do a, a salary cap and then start taxing teams after that or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we don't know. We these, don't know, some guys. Of these rules, some of these rules are annoying, man. We don't know, guys. We're not GMs. We don't own baseball teams or Major League well, Baseball teams. You, you know what the we're problem just, is? We're just is, two guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The problem, too, is 
it's confusing for fans too. Like, who's on the twenty-five man roster? Who's not on the twenty-five man roster? Why does this player have to get DFA'd? Why, you know, hold on. Why, why is this guy DFA'd, but this guy could just be sent down? There's just too many different fuck. What's a Rule Five draft? What's a qualifying oh, man, offer? What's this? Don't what's ask. That? Don't ask me. Don't ask me because every year I learn what a Rule Five draft is and I forget. It goes right out the window because like just it's fucking, not that important. Just make it simple. Just simplify the game. Make it easy for everybody to understand. And that's it, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. So I got or, a little or, emotional there. I'm sorry. Or add another two teams to the Major League Baseball, man. Expand the league again. Or all this or, or lessen the sea. I'm okay with. I don't. I don't need 162 games. Bring it back down I'm to good. 154. I'm good with 145. 145 is good. I'll take it. I'm good. With, I'm good with 145. Want to make it an even number? 146. And if you want to expand the the postseason, in that case, like they're talking about the NFL, maybe moving to an 18 game season. Um, but, I, but I think, I think the idea is to cut the season, the preseason short by two games. And I think it's to add a round to the postseason. I don't, I don't know if that's, don't quote me on that, but that's what I would do if I was baseball. I would cut down the season by a week, let's say. Um, and yeah, I'd be okay with that and add more teams to the postseason. Fuck it. The postseason yeah, be a- baseball post, there's nothing like the base, like baseball in the postseason. I think uh, it really, it really is amazing. And I feel like it's it's the reward that we get for being baseball fans mm-hmm. and sitting through an entire 162 game season. It really is great, man. Like I, you don't need your team to be in it to appreciate. No, you playoff, can watch any playoff game. baseball. Yeah, seriously. Like, but not just, I'd, be, not just, I'd be down with them adding another two teams, yeah. like per league. Not just that, but you're making. I feel like you're making it more difficult to win a World Series too, because I feel like in baseball more than any other sport. You can ride a hot wave through the postseason because you, yeah, you only you only have to get through three rounds. You only technically yeah. have to win seven, eleven games to win a World Series. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it makes it a lot harder. Um, and the, the deserving team, you know, more than likely comes out victorious in the end. So yep. yo, just here it is, guys. Let's let's start a let's start a movement here. I'm not good at this stuff in the moment, but you know, you're pretty quick on your feet, CT. Okay. I, I want to start a movement to make us the 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 commissioners of baseball. And give us like the Mets. Give us the Mets. Nah, fuck it. I want the whole league. Oh, you want to be you want to be a commissioner? I thought you said GM. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. Commissioner. Uh, yeah, I'm down. Co-commissioners. I don't know. Hashtag. That. Co- <laughs> I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Comish Cowboys. Hmm. <laughs> What <laughs> I was gonna, I was trying to do a play off the word of cocaine cowboys, but ah. it, didn't, it sounded nicer in my Ooh. in my head. <laughs> Ooh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, we'll think about it. We'll we'll get it. we'll we'll get it out there. Yeah, give us a few. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to talk about CT, we're gonna move away from baseball a little bit, and I wanted to get into the NBA because over the last couple of weeks, the young the NBA underwent like I would say. The equivalent of the equivalents of the like back in the sixties and fifties when the Cold War. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. When like the United States and Russia were were going at it and threatening each other with with uh, with a nuclear strike or whatever, and and kids were being taught to hide under desks just in case and all this shit. So I feel like the NBA underwent something similar to that with the Kawhi Leonard with Kawhi Leonard not deciding where he was gonna go. 
people were afraid that had he gone to the Lakers, it would have just been over. That's it. The NBA is over because th- what, why even watch the season, right? They were yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. win finals after finals after finals. His decision to go to the Clippers, though, however, created a trickle-down effect in which now we have a whole bunch of duos in the NBA. And I feel like unlike last season and and every season before that, the NBA is going to see more parity than it has in a long time. Because now you have – not only that, then after that, Westbrook is traded to to the Rockets. So now you have the Harden-Westbrook duo. You have Kawhi and PG-13 – in uh in in la you have lebron and ad you have kd and, Ka- and Kawhi. you have the duo out in in uh in portland there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that i feel like could compete this season no yeah you're right so and as it, great as go ahead no you go i was gonna say as, as great as the lakers sound with lebron and ad ad being like top five player in the nba lebron being like the best player in the nba mm-hmm. i keep reading that they don't have that much depth so I mean, something's got to give. LeBron can't play 48 minutes. Like, <laughs> No, no. And the thing with the NBA is that, is that if LeBron and, and AD can stay healthy, they're going to be fine. You know, but yes. Yeah, if, yeah. If Le- they're, if LeBron, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. If LeBron gets hurt again like he did last season, it could be a disaster for sure. Um, but all of these duos reminds me of a game, CT. Have you ever played this game on your Super Nintendo? Boom shakalaka! You recognize that sound? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, how, how did you get your voice to sound so... Excuse me! <laughs> Where's that from? <laughs> NBA Jam, man. Remember oh, that NBA game? NBA Jam. I played NBA Street. You never played NBA Jam, CT? Maybe. Here it comes! Are you kidding me? Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've played it. Like, if you know, if you had it those times I was at your house, I'm pretty sure I played it, but... I, I mean, love I, it when you call me Big Papa! <laughs> what the hell? So <laughs> NBA Jam was like was was it was like my favorite NBA game aside from NBA Live. I remember when NBA Live '95 came out on the Super Nintendo. That shit was the bomb. Um, but NBA Jam was like the arcade version of the of the basket of basketball games, and it was a duo game. It was like the Knicks had Patrick Ewing and John Starks. Um, uh, oh, it was just strictly it was just strictly duos. It was just strictly duos. The Magic had Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway or whatever. Um, and this the announcer used to say crazy ass shit. So you used to just like try to make as many crazy moves as you can so you can hear things like Well blow me over. You know, stuff like that or Here it comes. How long did it take you to get all these sound bites? Boom <laughs> shakalaka. No man, there's a sound <laughs> there's a soundboard online for this, so I'm using that. Um but- but you know what that that boom shakalaka thing does sound like so familiar that directly from that guy's voice like I I've definitely heard it before so either I played it when I was a kid or I played it in an arcade somewhere recently yeah, they, they have the arcade for it and I know I had it in my house so if you came to my house yeah. as a kid you probably played it there <laughs> uh, and there's a phone game for it. I used to play it on my iPhone on the train on my way to work and stuff every day um, yeah man so that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of. NBA Jam, all these duos. I feel like the the NBA is just filled with duos, and of course, my Knicks aren't a part of it. But whatever, at least we have some parity. Like, who who do you think is going to win the finals next year? If I had asked you the same question last year, you would immediately see, immediately say that it would it was it would probably be the Golden State Warriors. This year, you can't say that anymore. No, um, definitively, I can't say. I think the nut the Nets are out of it because Durant's probably not playing this year. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I don't know why. I mean, LeBron's supposed to be the starting point guard. Mm-hmm. So, but I have a feeling with the Marcus Cousin and Anthony Davis on that team, it's not going to be as easy for LeBron to just do what he does. Kind of, I don't know. I'm see. I'm going to see some sort of like rift between them, mm. especially because I think Boogie Cousins is kind of like like a cancer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with the Rockets, I'll get to the Rockets in a second. I, I guess if I had to choose a team right now, it'd be between like the Clippers or the Nuggets. Yeah, and I also depth. I I also didn't mention uh, Stephen Curry and Clay Tom Clay Thompson are gonna reunite. Clay Thompson had the I think it's the ACL injury, so he'll probably be out for a lot of the season, but he should be back by the second half at some point. So that's yeah, another be duo. Shot. That's that and that's probably be. one of them. That's probably the most deadliest. I mean, I think the duo of uh, because I don't think LeBron plays defense like that anymore. I think Paul George, who was like a a beast two way player last year, Kawhi Leonard, like the ultimate two way player. I think they're gonna be like they're the scariest duo. But Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, man, like all they gotta do is then. And I'm reading that they're gonna keep D'Angelo Russell now. So. Mm-hmm. That was like an all-star emerging last year. He's a he's a good player, D'Angelo. Russell. He is, yeah, he is, he is. I actually kind of thought he was. I actually think like he might be one of those guys that signs like a big contract and just kind of fades away. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, with, with the Warriors, he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He could just no, no. You're right. You know, fit a, a part of the puzzle. That's what's so great about that organization. They still have Draymond Green. They lost Boogie Cousins, but I mean, he didn't really play that much last season anyway. Um, so yes. So real quick, man, I, I think the Rockets, I don't know. I think that might be one of the dumbest trades. It's exciting because Russell Westbrook is like this triple double guy that, you know, he's one of the league superstars. He's explosive. And James Harden averages like 50 points a game and all that stuff. It's exciting. But I mean, it's obvious that I, I really don't think it's going to work out. And also, what the hell are they going to do with Russell Westbrook? He signed till 2023. Mm hmm owed 47 million dollars that last year like what the hell are they supposed to do with him when the rockets are getting bounced out of the first round every year because they're gonna make the playoffs with those two guys they're gonna make the playoffs yeah i just don't see how they can work together especially every time i see the rockets they're just chucking up threes and russell westbrook sucks at shooting threes yeah but back to the money like what how are they gonna get rid of russell westbrook when he's on the decline at the age of 32, 33, and he's owed almost $50 million. <laughs> like- so uh, the, the reason why I like the move is because uh, CP3, who seems it seems like he was a cancer in that team, gets booted out. I kind of feel bad for him a little bit because now he's the only guy in in, uh, in Oklahoma City. They're not going anywhere anymore. Um, but anyway, he's 35 years old. So you just got younger at the point guard position by five years. So um, and. Russell Westbrook, as much as he gets killed in the NBA, I think that he's one of he's one of the best players in the league. I think I think that they're gonna have to figure something out. They're gonna have to they have to figure it out because if they're ever gonna want to win a championship, and and if those two players can figure out how to play together, if if Russell Westbrook can, can learn how to distribute the ball more, which he can distribute, he was a triple he he was a triple double a walking triple double last season. Um, Stop batter. What? He was a stat patter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, he did too. That's true. That's true. But um, if they can learn how to play together and learn their role a little bit more as they mature, or whatever, that might be the deadliest duo out of all of these. Don't you think? I mean, nah, man. I don't see it. I've seen Russ. I've seen way too many Thunder games where Russell Westbrook 
the right thing to do would be like to drain the clock out or pass it to your best score or something. And all this guy does is chuck up a three to try to be the hero or try to yeah. force an offensive play where there isn't one. When he wants an assist, he'll pass up the ball. If he has his 10 assists, he's then not going to pass the ball up. He yeah, doesn't do yeah. it. And what is it going to be like when James Harden is doing his thing where he never passes the ball? He just he's like he's like the modern day Kobe with a bunch of like I don't know. He just knows how to work the fouls to his favor, right? Yeah. But yeah. what is that going to be like when you know with those two guys? I I, I think it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll I see. see it being a disaster. We shall see. But no, I th- I agree with you that Kawhi and PG thirteen are are the ones to beat for sure. I think if I think LeBron maybe has one more run in him. I, something tells me that LeBron won't be around much longer in the NBA. Um, if he can yeah, I mean, get himself one more chip, I'd be happy because I love LeBron James. But uh, I think Kawhi and and, uh, and Paul George are the duo to beat for sure. I agree with you. No, yeah, I will never. I would never count LeBron out. But the West, like you said, the West just got a lot tougher. It's insane, the West, man. And that's those are regular season games that LeBron's gonna have to play near that playoff level that he usually reserves for the playoffs you know mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know man Word. it's gonna be interesting though i'll, I'll be watching yeah so a that, show for show. exactly i went from threatening to not watch anymore because i had a feeling that Kawhi was gonna go to the lakers to now i'm very interested again the nba the nba keeps doing the right thing over and over so, again man yeah the, honestly man like it annoys me because i've told you before how i feel about all this like all these stories with the NBA, like LeBron's not going to wear the number 23 anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> look at what Kyrie Irving did when he had to wear the mask. Like, Kyrie Irving mask guy. Like, look at him. Like, whatever. But uh, what do you, how do you feel about the Knicks, honestly? Like, do you just want to forget about them till next season? Or because I'm, I'm I pissed, look- man. If, if I wasn't a loyal fan of my teams, even though I haven't followed the Knicks loyally since probably the early 2000s or something like that, um, I would, I would, I would abandon that team in a heartbeat because they fucked up not a little they, bit. they didn't just fuck up they couldn't even land a meeting with kd and and they yeah. canceled their meeting with Kawhi because he wasn't going to go there Te- players yeah. don't want to play in new york they don't not new york they don't want to play in for the knicks yeah um and that's frustrating to to be a part to be a fan of an organization the knicks are the equivalent of what in in, in baseball the marlins i think at this point I mean, the Marlins won it in '03 and '98, right? And I mean, I mean, in, I mean, in terms of where players want to play in baseball, like, oh, where they want to play, uh, that's tough, man. Because there's so many teams. Like, what do people want to play for the Reds besides Joey Votto? Like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, they're that. They're they're less than that. The Knicks. Yeah, less than that. They had fucking LeBron, uh, snuffed them when he did that whole fucking. You know, tour, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. he did his press conference in in Greenwich, which is like the same town where the Knicks practice. He had everybody thinking he was going to the Knicks, and he said no. He went to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you just yeah, had yeah. you just had Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, uh, you just had KD hit free agency, and more than that, Clay Thompson. You had a whole bunch of players hit free agency, and not one of them wanted to come to New York. Not yeah, one. Yeah, I. It's funny. It's just funny because I, when I listen to sports radio, which I'm getting super sick of at the, these days because they just talk about the same shit every day. Mm. And it's always like football related and everything. Mm. But 
when they do talk about basketball, you get some Nick fans calling in and they're just like, you know, they'll call him like Joe Beninga or something. Like, Joe, like, if they can just get one veteran guy to show them, like, you know, give them some, some, uh, some bro. relevancy. Bro, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you something about the Knicks, bro. <laughs> yeah, that guy, man. That guy's going to catch a heart attack. Yeah, for but real. But it just, I, I, it's funny how, like, I don't think I've ever seen a team as bad as the Knicks have fans that are so optimistic I, after I'm, everything that's happened, you know? Like, I'm, I'm just about done. I'm, Almost done with the Knicks. I've never left the team. I've never abandoned one of my teams before. Well, you're, I'm I'm close to it with the Knicks. Well, you're you're in, you're at least invested at least minimum three years now. See what happens with R.J. Barrett and all this. All this. Yeah, all I'm. Ex- I think R.J. Barrett is going to pan out. But but and and I I'm okay with the signings that they did this offseason because they weren't long term. They'll be free to sign players. You know, in a couple of years again, when hopefully some other guys become available or whatever. Um, but I don't have faith in this team. I, you know, there was a there was a moment when the Knicks had um, not it wasn't Tyson Chandler's. I can't remember. They traded all these guys out to the Nuggets to get Carmelo, and they were exciting. They had Jeremy Lin. They had uh, the white dude. What the fuck is his name? Fuck. Um, uh, Lee, David Lee. They I had remember. yeah. They had Stoudemire? They were they had Stoudemire. They were winning some games. I think they made it to the they did they make it to the postseason once. I don't remember. Yeah, they did. But, they did. But they were they were showing some signs of hope, and then they traded all these guys away for Carmelo. I was excited about it, but the whole idea about getting Carmelo was that they were going to be the next big three, not the next big three. They were going to be, yeah, they were going to be the next big big three. CP three was going to come and all this shit or whatever, and none of it ever panned out. Why? Because guys, people don't want to play, you know, for the Knicks. And I think it's I think yes. it's Jim Dolan. And the thing is, a lot of people, you know, I, I sometimes I listen to to New York Sports Radio too out here in Pennsylvania, but I can only get it the next day. Um, Don LaGreca uh, announces a lot of Rangers games, and he talks about how how hockey players want to play for the Rangers because they've been successful over the past decade or whatever. Before that, people were trashing uh, Sather and and Jim Dolan for the Rangers because they they couldn't even sniff a postseason run. Now all of a sudden they they become you know by the grace of God they get fucking King Henry or whatever the fuck his name is Hen- Henrik Lundqvist and a whole bunch of these it. other guys. You watch I hockey? Used, I used to watch a little bit, not too much. Oh man, I went to a live have... game and I got into it. Live hockey oh, okay. is the shit. You should go to a game; it's fun. Um, and and then all of a sudden players want to play the Knicks. The Knicks aren't gonna get that as long as Jim Dolan has his fucking hands on this shit and he still has Steve Mills, who by the way is the 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 common factor in this whole fucking situation steve mills has been there since isaiah um this shit is not going to get better he needs to sell the knicks or get rid of steve mills i don't know get rid of everybody sell the knicks and just fucking start all over again yeah Um, it's it doesn't seem it's i mean in other sports like we've seen the astros come back from being the worst team to the best team right mm -hmm. in in football like the browns are relevant Coming into last year, they were relevant. With they got Baker yeah. Mayfield. Now this year, they have one of the the nicer rosters, right? But in basketball, because these players get to dictate where they want to go, I just really don't see when a team like the Knicks are, are going to get out of it. You know, like they really have either. to hit on every draft pick from here till like twenty twenty five. The Nets, you know? the Nets rebuilt their franchise quicker than the than the Knicks did, and and when the Nets traded away their entire fucking franchise and every I remember. draft I remember. pick under the sun for Kevin Garnett and I don't even remember who the other guys were. Um, people people thought the Nets 
were fucked. That it was going to be years before the Nets could compete again. They made it fashionable for player, not fa- they made it attractive for players to want to come and play in Brooklyn by not just completely tanking one season last year or whatever. And now they have KD and Kyrie. And next year, if KD can play at the level that he's that he was currently playing at, they're definitely the front runners in the East. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. There's no question. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. The Knicks no, have to you do go. something. That was a good example right there. The Nets went from I remember just ripping the Nets for every year I saw the Celtics picking like in the top three. I was like, yep. where the where they got all these picks from is the Nets. <laughs> now look at them. Yeah. And and they're about Damn. to sell to uh the fucking uh the Chinese Amazon the guy who's like the equivalent of Jeff Bezos in China or whatever the fuck. So he's gonna you know, you what, know he's gonna, gonna spend money. He's not gonna be afraid to spend money on shit. Wait, they're gonna sell the franchise to him? Apparently, yeah, they're gonna sell it. Oh, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, fuck the Knicks, man. Fuck the Knicks. <laughs> Who am I going to root for this year? Let me think about this. Maybe I'll be... Uh, I like Kawhi, so I might be a Clippers fan this year. Okay. But I also like LeBron. I want LeBron to get one more championship under his belt. Ooh, the Lakers, though, man. Yes, the Lakers. I don't know if I could do that. I I'm mean... Gonna go Ka- I'm going to go Kawhi. Fuck it. I'm going to go Clippers. I mean, I've always been a Hawks fan, so... Wow. Trey Young. Okay. Uh... (laughs) Before we started recording, I said that I wanted to play something and just get your take on it really quick. This is political, CT, so so things could get heated here. I don't know what your take is going to be or whatever. But yesterday, Donald Trump, saying his name makes me sick. But anyway, he put out a tweet talking about these four congresswomen who I guess have been a little bit critical or whatever, saying that they should go back to their countries. Mind you, three out of three out of four of these women were born in the United States, and um, the other one is an American citizen or whatever. So he said to them, "Go back to your country, fix your country's problems first, and then come here." And you know, whatever the fuck. So a lot of people went out there calling him racist. I did too, because that's a to me. You're telling people to get out of your, the country because they don't fit your description or, or whatever. To me, that seems racist to me. I don't know, but anyway, today he doubled down and he had this to say. I want to play the sound and then I want to get your take on this. If, if you're not happy here, then you can leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave, and that's what I say all the time. That's what I said in a tweet, which I guess some people think is controversial. A lot of people love it, by the way. A lot of people love it. But if you're not happy in the U.S., if you're complaining all the time, very simply, you can leave. You can leave right now. Come back if you want. Don't come back. It's okay, too. But if you're not happy, you can leave. So I want to get your take on it. Do you think that, you know... Is that like, does that represent America? You don't like, you don't, you complain all the time, then you can leave. You don't like what's going on here. You can leave. Like, is that um, America to you? <laughs> Man, put me on the spot here. Uh, is that America to me? It sounds like it in 2019. Yeah. Like, I, I do think that people all over the world we're America's put under the microscope or we're on this pedestal because we're America. And I know people that aren't from America that I speak to and they talk about America. Like we're some sort of like 
drama series and they're scared to do certain things and they question certain things. Like I work with this and I hope she never hears this, but I work with this Indian girl who's lived here for like five years and she's like freaked out about all this shit that's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of tell her and she tells me stories about India, which I don't want to get into that. But I just feel like every country in this world has racism Mm -hmm. and has a bunch of issues and I think I was fortunate enough to grow up in an environment where I, I'm blessed. Like I was blessed to grow up the way I grew up. I feel like I would have I wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else. Or I can't imagine that this is what life would have been like back in DR or, you know, yeah. in other in the majority of the countries in the world. You know, I think we're I think America is, is still a good country. And I do think that people are just still pissed off that Trump became president. I honestly think that a majority of the reason why there's still a lot of or why nothing is getting done is because he got elected, not because of what he's trying to do, but because he got elected. But I'm also very, very, very uh, not. I I haven't brushed up on all these politic things. Like I said, I'm starting to. I've been watching a lot of videos that are kind of unbiased, you know, so that I, I don't. My my opinion just doesn't come out of like one particular video that I saw that was you know leaned towards a certain way. Right. Um. Go ahead, man. Just take it away. <laughs> just say what you got to say, man. Make me feel like shit for no, no, no. Not not kind. Not agree. I don't agree with Trump. I don't think like it's all right to just tell people that are from here to just go away. But I also think that he's a guy that says things differently. Like, I mean, I feel like all our presidents leading up to Trump were closeted like scam artists in a way you know like they yeah they can't they campaign a certain way to your face they get your votes and then they don't follow through when they're in office whereas right. trump just kind of he he hasn't big enough balls to he's the president he says whatever the hell he wants you know i don't know it's a different way but it's still the same shit yeah yeah no i i agree i think a lot of people don't like what he does just because he is Donald Trump. Um, but by the same token, there's a lot of things that he has done that he's followed through on his promises. Um, and these are some of the promises. The, pro- the promises that he's followed through on are the ones that people like me were very critical of and afraid of, like his immigration policies. Like, that scares me, that you have children locked up in cages, that you have men and women locked up, crammed in cages uh, without toothpaste, without soap, without, you know without beds they're sleeping on concrete floors for months at a time that scares me um the things that he the the things that he hasn't followed through on like bringing jobs back to america yes there's an increase in jobs but but pay isn't going up pay isn't going up factories are still going overseas or down to mexico um the middle the middleman the guy who built this country the 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 guy in the in the ford factory and all this shit he's still getting screwed under Trump. So that's that's one aspect that I don't like about. That's not even what I want to talk about. But to to sit there and say that if you don't like our policies or if you don't like what we're about, then you can leave. To me, I say fuck you because if if that's how this country is going to operate, then let's go back in history. What what if what if African Americans during the civil rights era who were denied food at a counter just because they were black would have said I don't like it. I'm leaving that, you know, then how do we get change in this country? You know what I'm saying? Like we needed, the, we needed those people to disobey 
and to break the law and to demonstrate that that they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? In order for us to get changes. Um, and that's happened throughout history. It's just not it's just not even with it's not just African-American people, even with with workers. I'm, I'm doing some history now, CT. Before the tri- <laughs> before the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire back in the ni- early 1900s, CT. What the man? Yeah, just, exactly. You, yeah, what is that? <laughs> children, literally, children were were allowed to work like an insane amount of hours without breaks and shit like that. Like we were China back in the day, and then all of a sudden, people were working in this in this factory in New York City, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Um, it's that triangular building in downtown New York and they, there was a fire, but the way the, the employee, the employers worked is that they locked these people in these rooms. So they were trapped in there and a whole bunch of people died. And that's how unions basically came into power and, and workers started to fight for workers rights and shit like that. They made a, a minimum age for working a minimum wage, so on and so forth. If people had just said, I don't like this, I'm leaving. We would never have those changes. Like, there's just numerous examples of of how this country is what it is because of people who, when they don't like something, they speak up. That's what this country is all about. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. That That's what makes this country so great is that I can stand here. I can sit here and talk shit about it and, and talk about all the shit that's wrong with, about it. And nothing's going to happen to me. But I can't yeah. do this in China. I can't do this in Venezuela. I can't do this in cuba you know what i'm saying like yeah but that's but see that, that i think that's what i was trying to say like he said those words why are we getting so mad about it what makes me mad about it is that time and again he takes these these stances that demonstrate who he is as a person and then when you call him out on it you get the you get 40 percent of the population down your throat making excuses for him but, like but that's but and I and I know and I'm, again, I'm not trying to take a side on his side or the Democrat side or whatever the hell political parties are these days. But as many times as I've seen Donald Trump take a stand, I've seen millions of people take a stand against him of making claims as like he is a racist. He's sexist. He's this and that, this and that. I honestly cannot find one time that he ripped a black guy for being a black guy or like he denied a black guy or Native American or Latino something because they're a certain way. Like it's just well, his claims sound how, racist. How about when he asked for Obama's transcripts because he couldn't believe that he went to Harvard and was in the Harvard how, Harvard Reviewer? When he asked for Obama's papers because he's not an American citizen or but why is that? He, ra- but because because he's only saying that because Obama's black. That's the only he's the, he's not sitting there don't. and asking Hillary Clinton what her GPA was or if she's an American citizen. Or, okay, or well, why or why hasn't he apologized for putting out that one page ad when those five kids were thrown in prison um wrongfully the Central Park Five, the exonerated five, which I didn't watch that, seen, by the way. Yeah, my yeah, bad. You, my bad. You, you gotta watch that. In the early ni- uh late eighties, early nineties, he put out a one page ad that these kids should be put to death. Children, fourteen, fifteen years old. He hasn't recanted on that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of examples. Why is it that when 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 there were protesters in Charlottesville. A white supremacist runs over uh, a crowd of people and kills uh, a whole bunch of people at a fucking, I'm going to call it a Klan rally. And he goes up there and he talks about how there's blame on both sides. Like, no, there's not blame on both sides. Like, 
there's a right or a wrong here. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys yeah, are. Pro- you know what I'm saying? Like it. it, it and yeah, and but, the thing is, the thing is that I don't. I don't know if I believe that he is a racist, but I think that he understands that a lot of his voters are. That might be controversial. That, I don't know. That and, is the point that you made right there. And he, he is playing up to that base. He knows he knows that a big reason he got voted to president was because there are a bunch of racist white people here that wanted to see him there because he opposed what we previously had, which was the black president, Barack Obama. Right. But I see the same shit. Literally, I understand there's a race problem in America. But if you if you're from the outside looking in, you would think that we're literally going through the same slavery. Uh, you know, we're going through slavery all over again. And that we anybody that's not white is getting gunned down in the street on any given day, whatever. I understand that is a problem in this country. But again, every country has a racism problem. And you can't tell me the Democrat Party hasn't used that to their advantage to get the black people vote. And I found out that I found out that 90 percent of African-American votes are for Democrats. How is that possible? I agree 100 percent. I agree 100 percent. And and so I think so. I don't know. I'm going to. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think that I, I don't identify as a Democrat because I don't agree with a lot of their policies either. Like the three strikes you're out policy that happened under Clinton. You know what I'm saying? Like you get caught three times, you're going to jail for life. So a guy walking around with a veil of crack, which is cheaper than cocaine, can end up in prison for carrying crack for life, whereas a Wall Street yuppie who has millions of dollars can walk around with a way more expensive drug than cocaine. And he's probably not he's not he's probably not even gonna get stopped for it, um, yeah. and I don't know. No, and, I, I, and think, we see, I think we see policies we see policies like like uh, like there's statistics that come out, and certain people that listen to us are gonna be probably get pissed off at me at this, but like well that's like why we police, looked at for the end. <laughs> yeah, like police officers stop black people way more at a higher rate, not just black people, Latinos too, at a way higher rate than they do white people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It's stuff like, like this country. Definitely, the, the vast majority of people in prisons are black, um, and and studies have shown that they don't that they commit crimes at the same rate as white people do, but they get harder sentences. They're in there for longer. Yeah. Um, like, there's definitely a race problem in this country for sure. There's there's a race pro- problem in other countries, but what makes our country so great is that we could talk about these about issues. It. Yeah. And try to can, do something about it. We can talk it. about it. But the, you problem, know, I, the problem is, I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. The problem is that we've become so numb to this shit, to, to these politicians promising one thing and then delivering on another thing or not following through on their promises or, you know, taking money from big, big corporations and just screwing over the little guy over and over and over again that people stop voting. And that's how you take the power away from the people because so, that's how you take their voice away. You know what I'm saying? So that's. So that's why I kind of want to go back to what I was I was getting at before. If Trump if Trump spoke like Obama did, what would be the difference between what he's doing now and what every politician has done before? I honestly think that the only reason people are pissed off is because he's doing shit that other politicians have done in the past, except he's throwing it in your face through a tweet. He's done. He's done. He's done nothing different except that some of the policies, in my opinion, that he's putting forward, putting forward are super dangerous like well the like when you're seeing again like i keep bringing this one up because to me this is the biggest issue that nobody's talking about like if you listen to podcasts like i do you hear about it or if you 
um, read the news online and in certain locations, you'll hear about it. But if you turn on your local news on Channel 4, let's say, in the morning, you don't hear about the children that are locked up in cages at the border. Like... That's some fucking Nazi Germany type shit, in my opinion. Okay, but what, but <laughs> g- g- let's let's get let's talk about that for like five minutes because honestly, I need to I need to myself do more research. And I'm gonna start doing more research because there is an election coming up, and this Word. time I want to make that fucking vote pe- fucking vote count. All right, good man. Do you already know who you're voting for? Um, for for the presidency. Well, how does it work? You got to vote for like uh, well, two the, or something? Yeah, the primaries. Cause so the reason why I'm a registered Democrat is because the United States is pretty much just a two-party system. Like it's either going to be a Democrat or a Republican. That's some and bullshit. the reason why I registered Democrat is because I want to be able to vote in the primaries. If you're registered independent, let's say, for example, you don't have a say in who becomes the candidate uh, for president of the United States. Does that make sense? So it does make sense. Had I registered independent last year, I wouldn't be able to go and vote in the Democratic primaries or I wouldn't be able to vote in the Republican primaries. So I could only vote for my independent candidate. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, okay. So if you register as an independent, you can go vote in a primary, but only for the independent. No, no, no. So so because the candidates are typically only independent or only Democratic or Republican, there's going to be like there's going to come a point where this field of like 20 candidates in the Democratic Party is going to come down to like two people. So it might end up being Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, let's say. So okay. then they hold primary votes for the people to decide who they want to be their their nominee. So you would go and vote for one of those two people in your party. Um, if you're registered, if you're registered independent, you're not able you're not allowed to go vote for one of those two people. Or if you're so, registered Republican, you're not allowed to go vote for one of those two people. Well, do you already know who you're voting for in the primary? So I like, so far, I really like Elizabeth Warren. That's who I want to be the nominee. So is she, I'm the not, one that the other, is she the one the other day that said Trump wants to make America white again? Um, was that her or was that Nancy Pelosi? That was Nancy Pelosi. Okay, never mind. I was going to say something about that. But... <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to get I don't want to get into a debate with an expert when I barely know my shit. I'm not an but, expert, man. Well, you definitely know way more than I do. So in this in in this uh, conversation, you're the expert with those kids in cages. What's the alternative? The alternative is you you allow the allow people to seek asylum or you send them back, but you don't lock them up in cages like well, is it? But aren't a lot of these kids getting there with people that aren't their parents? They're getting there with aunts and uncles. Sometimes their parents. Sometimes a and friend. But how do we? But how do we verify that they're they're actually friends or that they're aunts and parents and or you know aunts and uncles and stuff? How can we? How can we prove that that's what it is? Because it sounds like to me, and I'm not trying to choose sides, but it sounds like to me that that's a really big useful tool for me to use if I'm someone trying to get into a country and I bring a kid with me. To look more appealing to why I should be allowed into this country. If well, you're telling the, me it's the way you, me it's the way you aunts and uncles. The way it used to work is you could you could come into the border, seek asylum, and they wait trial here inside. And they let you USA. in and, and they await trial here. What they're doing now is what Trump is trying to do is that if you let's and a lot of these people, I forgot what the numbers are, but but they're rarely Mexican. Like the vast majority are from Guatemala. 
Yeah. Uh, places in Central and South America, even Brazil, are trying to sneak, are trying to get in um, and seek asylum. Um, they're saying that if you cross another country before ours, you have to seek asylum there first. So, like in Guatemala, they can, if they're going to cross, they have to cross Mexico to get to the United States. They have to seek asylum in Mexico first. Does that make sense? Okay, that, seem, that seems like uh, just another way to. Ah, man, the Red Sox are ripping it today. Let's go. Sorry. <laughs> that just seems like a, it seems like a way to kind of prolong the the uh, the process, right? Yeah, and the the thing is that the, that the United States is built up it's is built upon the ideals that we do let people in because this is the I, the land of opportunity. So why all of a sudden are we? But you know you what? Know, we would we it would have been harder for our parents to make it here. You know what I'm saying? I understand you know? that. I understand that, right? But back to all these people being in cages. You're saying that we are imprisoning them and keeping them there, or that they don't want to go back to the country. The op- the other option is they're that they have de- to. They're being detained until their court hearing, so they could be detained. But I thought but I there's thought such that a there backlog was- because there's so much it, there's so many issues issues in South America that there's such a backlog in our system that. The, all these people are just sitting around and waiting. They could wait for. They could wait so me, a month. So they could wait two months, four months, five months. So there's such a backlog with all the issues that are happening in other countries. You agree that we do have an abundance of people trying to come in here. Like that's that's at least a problem. Do you see that, that as a problem? That's a fact for sure. Yes. Okay. Now, but I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a a crisis people of people up. trying to come in to take our jobs to kill our babies. No, no, I no. Think I, it's a think... humani- I think it's a humanitarian crisis, and I think that I there's think... A, there's enough room and there's enough money in this country and people that we can help. And you determine no, but... the, the, the way that we have in the past. They let them well, in, and if well, they're and if you determine that they're not they're not eligible to stay in the country, then you kick them out later on. We've Obama was the the, the deporter in chief. That's what he did. He never separated yeah. these families. You know what I'm saying? Like, he never he never separated them, but. Don't we have more coming now than when he was in office? There's more coming now seeking asylum from other countries. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So and and people have determined that most illegal immigrants in this country come by airplane. They come as a as a as a tourist and they stay. They never leave. Well, that see that to me that it, where what other country can you do that at? And but I understand that, that we're Amer- I understand that we're America and we're built differently. But remember how we were talking about the right to bear arms and how yeah. that law was set like 300 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't this along the same thing? We we were we were that country that allowed all walks of life to come in, but that yeah. was hundreds of years ago. I mean, I I honestly think the same way that we're trying to turn back the time with with gun laws. And I'm no expert at this shit. I'm just speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking freely right now, and this is a freestyle off the dome, off the top. Hot 16. But don't you think that this immigration, all these immigration laws is fits in that category of something that we have to kind of rethink? Because I agree. Since I agree. Then we, we bombed the 9-11 and all that I stuff. I think, know, like, I, I think something has to change for sure. You can't just let not saying anybody, this anybody and their sister and mother and cousins and everybody to just come in willy nilly whenever the fuck they feel like it. Yada, yeah, yada, I yada. I, I understand that. I, I agree with that. I just don't like the way we're going about, you know, 
currently the way we're going about dealing with the issue where we're, the way we're going about it is that we're pigeonholing every single one of these people. The way he talks about these people is that they're rapists, they're gangsters, they're killers, they're this, they're that. He doesn't say these are people who are coming from war war torn countries or countries that we went in in the 80s with Reagan and yeah, shit yeah. and fucked up their fucking governments and shit. And they're in, in constant turmoil and they want to reprieve in a safe country where, where for many years we just welcome them with open arms. Now, all of a sudden, they're public enemy number one. And not just that, we are just locking them up. And, no, yeah. and when we lock them up, we're not giving them the resources that they need to stay safe or, or sanitary. Like like we heard that clip a couple weeks ago. Like if we're going to throw these people in cages, at least give them fucking toothpaste. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, but, you know, I thought about that. And we're throwing them in cages and all this stuff and we're not giving that is a fucked up thing. But you know what's even more fucked up that we have all these homeless veterans all over the country. Yeah. Like it's a that's a real issue as well. So I, I understand when someone a conservative or whatever these people are that support Trump are angry that people are angry that we're not you know, spoon feeding these people in cages because at the same time we have our own issues in this country. So we're like, basically we're inheriting other countries' issues, but we can't even fix like our own issues. And again, I I 100% agree with you on that. And then my response to that is then we need to, we need to think twice about how we distribute the money in this country because because, yeah, yeah, we just throw billions and trillions of dollars to the richest Americans and you have, like you said, homeless veterans or, you know, you have kids at the border who are, who are in serious crisis or you have, you know, uh, there's crises all over this country. And, yeah. you know, kids in debt, you graduate from college and in a crazy amount of debt. You can't go to the doctors because you can't afford health insurance. But then, yeah, you, no, you, then, then you're okay to give trillions of dollars to the richest Americans so that they don't have to pay taxes or whatever the fuck. That shit yeah. just doesn't make sense to me. No, no, you're right. But once again, what's different? I this is this is my thing. Like, I understand we we right we shouldn't be spending trillions of dollars in our military when we're the cause of half this shit, whatever. But this wasn't something that Trump did when he got into office. Like, the no, day this, is, this has this been is going country, on. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why I kind of go back to. A lot of the reasons I'm hearing Trump is this and that. It just seems like people are pissed off because he got elected. It's not be- or because the way he is, where the way he talks about certain things. I understand he says a lot of fucked up shit that a president shouldn't say because we are America. We'd rather I'd rather have a guy like Barack Obama who could smooth things over internationally, and he actually did good. Or the one thing I could tell you that Trump did that was stupid was that he took us out of that uh that treaty mm. with the uh, with I Iran. What it was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff. Yeah, that was stupid. The uh, that he the, has the Trump tax code that gave a, a, a big tax break to the rich, and studies have shown that it hasn't done anything for the economy. Okay. Um, there's Last, a there's a lot that he's done that that you know, and there's a lot I that do, Obama did too. Like 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 I don't want people to think that I'm sitting here just acting like Obama was the second coming of Christ. There's a lot of people that he killed, innocent people with drone strikes. There's there's um, there's there's the the imprisoning of the fuck is her name um one of the whistleblowers it's a trans woman there's eric there's snowden who's hiding in russia there's uh the wikileaks guy like this is like that's that's a that's a an offense against the press right there that's freedom of the press like we're trying to figure out what's going on in the government these people are are 
trying to be transparent and we're throwing them in jail. There's a lot of stuff that Obama did too that I don't agree with. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I, I get it. And, and and that's why I think that Obama was like on paper, the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, he was he was great. Mm-hmm. If if Trump was like that, I really don't think we'd have a, like it wouldn't be like it is today. I really don't think it would be like from what I've seen. But 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 I, but I, I think that's do- but I think that's why people have a problem with it because this isn't this version of Trump that we're seeing right now. This isn't a new part. This is who he's always been. He's always been a three card Monty, you know, hustler. Like he's, he doesn't, he, he used to hire people and not pay them. He used to buy buildings, make them go bankrupt, take advantage of the tax code. And, and he's not the only one, by the way, there's a lot of people in this country that are like that, but we're not voting them in to become president. The yeah, difference yeah. with Trump and everybody else is that he got fucking The Apprentice, became a reality star, and he became like a face that everybody could see. He got a voice. He got, you know, yeah, he yeah. got millions of followers on social media, and he he became this fucking bootleg deal maker, which history has shown that he's he's not even a good deal maker. No, he yeah, lost, he, he uh, yeah, yeah. He I lost, know. I don't know how many, I think a billion dollars or some shit over his life. I or heard, something like that. I heard that episode on the daily. <laughs> I'm um, caught up. Yeah, but let me so, look. I, yeah. I clearly I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about. I've just went on a binge binge watching spree of YouTube the last couple of days with some good debates that were unbiased or they not unbiased, but they had both sides speaking, both got their turns, whatever. Uh people like you and me, like Spanish people, black people, white people, whatever. Um here's a topic that I want us to talk about. Probably next time, so this episode doesn't get too too long. Yeah. <laughs> but this whole thing, this whole thing with having the you know the the census, with having the question yeah, of yeah. being a U.S. citizen or not on the census. Mm-hmm. What 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 do immigrants? How do immigrants impact our voting power? Like we're in this in the state that they're in. How do they impact that? You can dr- so. The problem with the census question, I I can't answer. I don't know exactly why an an, an illegal person here illegally answering a question on the census would affect voting because they can't vote. They don't have papers. They can't vote. Um, No, but it shows that we have, it shows that we have, let's say there's 2 million people in this state, 1 million is immigrants. The census sees it as 2 million people in that state. Doesn't that give us like more electoral votes or something? I don't know. It'll, so it, it helps you to draw lines for gerrymandering. So though, like in, like where I live right now, another term, another term I do not know. Yeah, gerrymandering <laughs> is a fucking joke, and both sides do it. So if a Democrat sits sits there and tells you gerrymandering is a problem, they're rigging the system. Yes, they're rigging the system because they're in power. But when we were in power, we did it too. We just didn't do it. So this is the the difference between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party is that the Republican Party has goals and they do whatever the fuck they need to do to meet those goals. So if that means lock kids in cages, take away your health insurance, cut taxes for this guy, cut taxes for that guy, but I'm going to get what my goal is in the long run, then fuck it. I'm doing it with Democrats. And I don't know which side is right or wrong in this issue because I kind of wish that Democrats were a little bit more like Republicans sometimes with Democrats. It's. I want to achieve this goal, but I don't want to hurt this person's feeling. I don't want to say the wrong thing here. I don't want to do this, that, this, 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 this. I want to seem like I work across the aisle, this, this, whatever. No, fucking go and fucking do what you need to do to reach that goal as long as it's within the rules. You know what I'm saying? 
mm-hmm. um, with gerrymandering, Democrats did it at a lesser scale with Republicans. Like, if you look at the Pennsylvania voting map, like where I live right now, it's confusing as fuck. Like, I live in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is a part of Mannheim Township. That's our county, I guess. No, we're in Lancaster County. So, I live in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is a part of Mannheim Township, which is located in Lancaster County. But there's a town called Mannheim. <laughs> and yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. And that's all gerrymandered so that Republicans can get a larger amount of vote per for each county. Does that make sense? Like they redraw the maps. They they redraw the maps and see this based is based off this the is, right. So the the map doesn't even have to be like a square, like a doesn't even have to the, make sense. It could be like a crazy ass based off the sense. They use the census to determine this. Yeah. So. I mean, do you think that if Trump is against immigrants and all the immigrants didn't have to answer that they were U.S. citizens, do you think that that would affect m- mapping? What, what was it the word they use? Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering? Yeah, with a G. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that word in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. It would, it would impact the maps. What it does is it prevents... It gives you a clear image and it prevents them from redrawing the maps in a specific way. I mean, they could still do it if they wanted to, they, but, but it they makes wouldn't it harder check, for them. They wouldn't check American citizen off of it, so we wouldn't. Right. And the thing is that, that the purpose of a census is to get a sense of every person that's in the United States. It's it, legal or illegal. Um, it doesn't mean that this person is getting gaining any kind of rights or whatever. It's just... The census is supposed to be a what we did a survey of American yeah, yeah, yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah, what it is. I know, I know. So, like, if you conduct a survey, but you're leaving a whole bunch of people out of it, like, is that a real survey? Is that really capturing the essence of America? You know what I'm saying? Or no, but, not just America of certain communities. But if we're using that survey to impact gerrymandering, <laughs> did I say it right? <laughs> Jerry, gerrymandering. <laughs> episode title right there <laughs> see this is why i wanted to talk about it next episode <laughs> yeah man. you want to just come back to this you want to just put a bookmark on this let's put, let's put a let's put a bookmark on this one. i think we yeah. should we should end this yeah, episode because I, <laughs> I got to do my research on this because i had a point and it i can't get the word jerry seinfeld out of my brain now because you keep yeah. saying gerrymandering <laughs> gerrymandering i think it's it's named after somebody too I, I believe it is good old jerry jerry man you can't trust a jerry so, episode re- recap, guys. Uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook will be getting paid $50 million at the age of 33. Wow. Ooh, that was James Harden I was looking at before. Ooh, got to go back and edit that out. Ouch. <laughs> Your mind? Ouch. No, wait a second. That was Russell Westbrook that I was like, they're both getting paid $50 million at the age of 33. <laughs> 100 mil between the two of them? Well, 47 million. I'm being, you know. Still, man. What the hell is the salary no, that's cap in the NBA? crazy. I don't know, but. That's going to be a disaster those last couple years. Well, that's their problem. The Welcome to the Show podcast is brought to you by Audible. Oh, I thought you were going to finish that up. (laughs) No, you know, there used to be an ad in PBS Kids when I was a Mm -hmm. kid that I always used to be the same. And the voice was always like, you know, PBS is brought to you by and viewers like you drew, drew a blank right there. Yeah. Good episode, man. Yeah, man. 
pat yourself on the back. I'm currently patting myself on the back. I'm pretty sure we talked politics for like 40 minutes. Mm. So, listeners, this is what you get now with the Welcome to the Show podcast. That's right, guys. That, but the Welcome to the Show the welcome to the show podcast tip the century mark and we got political that's it we got political and if you don't like it call what was that number eight seven five i don't know i don't even remember remember that voicemail phone number we said yeah we're we're gonna bring that back because i have a feeling that some people out there are gonna you know want to say some shit they're gonna want to call they want to pop some shit and i just want to i just want to make it clear people i don't i don't care republican or democrat or independent this is just my last point I just want like there's some things that I believe in. I be, I believe that when a country's as rich as ours, that there shouldn't be people out there who are dying because they can't afford health insurance or there shouldn't be kids graduating from college with 100,000, 200,000 dollars in debt. That shit is fucking nonsense. Like that shouldn't no, you be know the what? case. There shouldn't like you said there shouldn't be homeless veterans this that shit just should not exist in this country. I just feel like it, there's there's no there's no there's no need for it. And I feel like our values are insane right now. Like like we're just aiming for those likes and the and the comments yeah. and shit. Like, no, honestly, yeah. And and I want people to know that I'm 28 years old. I've always voted Democrat when I had the ability to vote because my parents always voted Democrat. But that's no excuse. Like I think. I'm old enough to know this shit and I'm going to do my best to stay right down the middle mm. and make good decisions. And I know I have, I know people listen to this that also don't pay attention to politics and are my age. So hopefully we're not going to stop. I don't think we should stop talking about this because we do have an election coming up. It's yeah. when is it exactly? Uh, well, the, the presidential election isn't until November of 2020. Um, this is actually not a bad time to, so Talk right about now, it then. yeah, right now what you're gonna be, what you're gonna see is a lot of debates. You're gonna see candidates start starting to drop out. People will start to drop out probably by the next debate, um, and you'll see the field starting to get smaller and smaller. And then all of 2019 is gonna be well, we are in 2019. The beginning of 2020 until November, well, the beginning of 2020 until around the summertime, you'll see the Democrats, the Democratic candidates, kind of beat themselves up a little bit. By the summer, you'll get your Democratic nominee, and you'll see debates between the president, the president Donald Trump, and the Democratic nominee, and then you get your vote. So it's actually, yeah, like like we ha- we're a year and a half away from our next big election, which is it seems like a long time, but it happens pretty quick. And there's going to be a lot and, happening to help and, us to figure out who do we want to be our president next. Yeah, and we're and I'm not saying we're going to make this show completely about politics, but we are going to. I'm going to try to at least do my research because I need to. Like it's. That's it. I can't hide from it anymore. Um, this is it, man. This is what growing up is like. I mean, I've I voted Democratic my, my whole life, too. And it's not just because of the D on it. It's just because, you, for example, in the last presidential election for the I, I, I didn't vote for I, I voted for Hillary Clinton for the presidency, not because I liked Hillary Clinton, but because I thought that she was a better, yeah, better too. suited for the job. I did not vote for Hillary in the primary, though. I never voted for Hillary prior to that presidential election. I voted for Obama in the primaries in 08, and I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries in, in 2016. In the president For the presidential election, I voted for her because I thought, knowing Donald Trump, having grown up in New York City, not knowing him, but having heard of him my whole entire life and what he's actually about, I knew that this guy was a con artist from the start, and... and 
I feel like a lot of people got duped by him. Um, has it been all bad? Like, is everything the man does terrible? I can't say that. That's not true. Because like you said, he's he's following through on the shit that he said he was going to do. And he's not any different than any other politician. He's just more... He talks more shit. That's, that's the difference. Tweets. So, He's heavy on them Twitter fingers. Word. So we're going to talk more politics. Maybe not as much as we did today, but we'll, we'll touch on it here and there. Maybe if CT has a question or if we yeah. want to just have a quick, like, you know, back and forth about a certain issue or whatever, we'll do it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's but, you know, blame this long ass political ending on me because I, I know Manny wasn't expecting me to bring all these questions up. But honestly, in a way, it is kind of his fault. He got me listening to a certain podcast. And, you know, I, I, YouTube is a great tool, too. So, yeah. but guys, don't feed into all this. Here's one thing I do know about politics. All this bashing that's going to happen in the next couple of months between Democrats and between Republicans. Just ignore all that shit. That's what I would do. I would just look at the issues. Look at. Yeah. Forget, forget like. Follow the paper trail. Forget the tweets. Forget the sensational headlines on the Huffington Post or, you know, whatever the fuck. Just like focus on the person and what they're about. Like I like Bernie Sanders because he ran a campaign on small donors, on people, and I liked his policies. I I didn't like Hillary because she was taking money from corporations and from Wall Street and shit like that. I don't want you know what I'm saying? I like Elizabeth Warren because she's running a campaign, um, small donations from regular people like you and me, and I like her policies. That that's what I'm looking at. I don't give a fuck that she had this bout with Donald Trump about her being a native american or not i I could care less like what are you about that's what i want to know um Mm -hmm. and that's what i look at when i look at these candidates i don't watch msnbc i don't watch fox news i suggest people don't watch that shit either because you're all you're hearing when you're watching that shit is what that person believe what that person believes and if you're if you're going to the ballot box with someone else's opinions of a certain person then you're not you're not doing anybody any favors like you need to keep yourself educated you need to know what you know, you need to do the work like you're doing now, CT. So, yeah, I'm going to do it, man. It's about time. All right. I think this is long enough, man. I'm yeah, done. man, just cut it. Just end it, please. I'm just going <laughs> to ask people to, to take two minutes to leave a rate, to, to rate and review our podcast wherever they listen to podcasts. You know the Audible Trial link, audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Um, that's all I got. CT. Uh, everyone, take care. And once again, sorry for this long ass episode. Peace. Peace.